You know what we need? Intro music, but I've not got the Upstage. That was good. I'm just going to take that and make that, like, repeat it a few times. And then there you go. It's our intro music. Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your regular dose of news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week, there is not much news. Not much has gone on in the last week. But we have one news item. Um, Abby saw a play last week, so she's going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk through our favorite finales of all time. At the moment. Like, yeah. At the moment. Because we're not going to... As of today. Yeah. Because we're bad at making decisions. We're very bad at making decisions. So, news. So, the only bit of news we have this week is that um, Melissa Benoist will be taking over the role of Carol King in Beautiful on Broadway. Melissa Benoist was on Glee and was also in Whiplash and a lot of other stuff she, and this, she was in whiplash yeah she did very well for herself and has been starring or is currently starring a supergirl on the cw i think she'll be great i think she's got the right sort of sweetness for it she's got the right voice for it yeah it'll she's be interesting nice i think it'll be interesting to see her in character because she seems in my mind she's still very young maybe because i still see yeah. her as a glee character and only like every hey, now and she's then been married and divorced. She's been through she has stuff. been married and divorced she is a grown woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see her take on that role. She has got a, a lovely voice. She'll be doing that from the 7th of June to the 4th of August. So I guess just while they're breaking from filming in Supergirl. That is the news for this week. But you also saw a play. I did. I went to see Building the Wall at the Park Theatre. So this is a new play by Robert Schenken, who's an American playwright. I want to give a synopsis without giving any spoilers. Okay. But it might feel a bit... It's going to be a bit vague. So it's set just a little bit in the future in 2019 and it is just a two-person play. One of the characters is a prisoner and the other is a historian who he's kind of chosen as the one person to whom he'll tell his story. And as the play goes on, the reason he's in prison kind of becomes uncovered. Obviously, the historian knows in the the time that the play is set what he's done is really famous it's a really big deal you find out pretty early on so don't think it's spoilers to say that you're in a future where president trump has been impeached shit went real bad real quick and this guy is somehow involved in that but you don't know why until quite late on so obviously you find out more about what this guy did and what he did is pretty awful that's why he's in prison um and he's being sentenced to death you know that pretty soon as well but it's really well done because even though this guy did something horrendous kind of objectively there's a lot of nuance to it so you are taken on this journey where you kind of understand where he's coming from but that in itself is disturbing i won't say more on that what i will say about the play is that i think it is very cleverly done i think the play itself sometimes maybe lacks a little bit of nuance that would be i think it's really it is really cleverly done and the parallels it draws between um historic events and this kind of fictional future but that is based very much on where we are today is is really clever but there are moments where it just kind of pushes it a little bit too far where it becomes a bit kind of more angry than clever but i I would say it's a very good play and it you you could feel in the room everyone's like slight discomfort but i think some of that is because of the way that it's staged so the park theater is quite quite small it's only a few hundred seats you walk in and the prisoner is already is already on stage and the stage is 
just a box. So there's three glass walls with the audience on around the walls and then obviously just the kind of classic wall with the two-way mirror thing at the back that you get in um, prisons. And the only audio that you hear is from the tape recorder of the historian. So when she first walks in, you don't hear anything until she hits record. And then all the audio is from that, which sounds like, maybe sounds like you would be a bit disconnected from the action, but you're totally not at all. It's mm. really, really cleverly done. Um, and I think the performances were really great. So it's starring Angela Griffin and Trevor White. And I thought both of them were really had really nuanced performances, even in the moments where maybe the dialogue was slightly overdramatic. I thought they nailed it so I think it was yeah it was a really incredible play it's only on until the 2nd of June so you don't have long to get along to see it but I would say it is worth seeing it's just 80 minutes no interval so it's very intense you're like 100% there I also think it was the first time I've been to the park theatre which is up near Finsbury Park and it's a really great venue and it just made me think that I need to go to more mm sort of kind of more fringe theatres and they're putting on you know really important stuff so I think this play um, in a lot of political ways is really worth seeing and I think it obviously well not obviously I think in the the people who are going to go see a play at a fringe theatre in London are going to be probably largely not Trump supporters a bit more (laughs) left wing a bit you know so it's not like it has to play to a wide audience but I think it isn't particularly preachy I don't want to say too much, but I think um, it is very worth seeing, very dramatic, uh, and a very well-produced play. And you saw Brian Cranston there. And I saw Brian Cranston, he was there, just hanging out. You and Brian? Brian. He was there for you, obviously. Okay, he was my plus one. (laughs) (laughs) So to complete the trilogy of sorts of us talking about our favourite opening numbers and our favourite Act 1 finales, we thought we would round that out by talking about our favourite finale finales, or our favourite Act 2 finales. So we're going to do three each as per, and then there are some honourable mentions at the end. The first one that I wanted to talk about was one that I actually did talk about in favourite opening numbers, and it's very similar to the opening number. It's the same melody, it's the same motif. That's a very, very good word to use. It's the same motif. So it's the finale from Parade. It's just called Finale. And I think I'm going to have to tell you some spoilers about Parade to explain why it's so good. Towards the end of Parade, um, Leo Frank has been arrested and imprisoned for the murder of a girl in his factory that he did not commit. Well, we don't actually know that he didn't commit it in real life, but he didn't. I'm just going to put my mark on that and say that he didn't do it. I second that. Mm. He gets a pardon from the governor. He His death sentence is commuted to life imprisonment, I think, or it might even be shorter than that. It might even just be some years in prison and... Um, him and his wife are celebrating and that's lovely and you think oh it's going to be a really happy ending for Lucille and Leo and then no it's not so much so some white supremacists break him out of prison and they lynch him they hang him from a tree and they kill him and it's very very bleak it's a very very sad ending and so in the finale his wife Lucille sings um, part of the beginning and it's her sort of saying goodbye to him and it's so sad it's really really sad and then the poignant thing about it is then it transitions into the same melody the same song the same lyrics even as the prologue because it's exactly a year later and it's them having the confederate's day parade again 
and it's just because she's from the south and he was from the north and it's just sort of like a sort of like a life goes on type thing but it's very very bleak because her whole world has changed it's a sort of full circle a very very forward. a very full circle moment um and it's got a, a good sort of drum beat i just quite like when shows like end do you know what i mean and not just like fade out <laughs> you know like a, like a 90s pop song <laughs> like a 90s pop song i like when there's like a, an ending and then you can imagine like what would happen on stage at that point you can imagine like the cut to black rather than just like a general fade that's what i like in a finale so it's very very good for that reason and yeah i think if you're gonna listen to any parade i think go for the opening number and the finale <laughs> skip just, out, the just whole skip middle. out of the whole middle <laughs> not necessary <laughs> you don't need any of that you'll get most of the story from rachel just told you the story you're fine. i just told you the whole story you, you don't need any more any more info than that first finale i'm going to talk about is in the heights this song there's something about this song mm. that makes me feel things oh i could cry every single time do not i'm like uplifted i'm just i oh just over i feel like it's because you can imagine lin-manuel miranda singing it and getting so emotional i think also there's just something about the feeling of home so i'll give you a yes. little a little brief synopsis we've talked about in the heights before and it's basically it's quite a kind of small story mm-hmm. mostly um about this community in washington heights in new york basically a whole load of stuff happens that leads to the main character or one of the main characters usnavi thinking that he's going to move to his parents hometown in the dominican, the dominican republic, republic. Yeah. in the course of this song he changes his mind because yes. of things that the community there do so basically he's kind of reminded of what makes this place his home yeah the underlayer of in the heights generally is this kind of exploration of what home means so all these characters or pretty much all the characters are first or second generation immigrants so there's a lot of talk about whether america's their home whether where they mm-hmm. came from is their home um what their identity is in relation to their kind of native homelands and um the u.s and I think it's just a really inspiring song about the kind of people that make your home and the the memories and this kind of tapestry of things that make make up a home and that feeling of of being where you belong and where you should yes. be. And it's just the the melodies are so rich. There's the way that the music is put together. So it starts with just this sounds like sort of an old radio of this what sounds like a very traditional spanish Spanish Mm. song kind of just drifting through the streets of washington heights and then sort of more the rap aspects come in but it's like as a standalone song in a way it kind of tells that whole journey Mm. it just culminates into this really beautiful kind of chorus of just celebrating home and the people and the places that made you and i just think it is one of the loveliest songs. I think it's very lovely. It's very lovely. It makes feel all the things. It's very emotional. Yeah. Very emotional. It's not 
meat who keeps our legacies Who's gonna keep the coffees, leave the secret recipes Abuela, rest in peace, you live in my memories But Sonny's gotta eat, this corner is my destiny Brings out the best to me, we pass the test and we keep it present And yes indeed, you know I'll never leave If you close your eyes, that hydrant is a beach That siren is a breeze, that fire escape to leave on a poor tree Abuela, I'm sorry, but I ain't going back because I'm telling your story Sticking with Lin-Manuel Miranda. I feel like we talk about his show so much, but they're just so good. I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. I yeah. Think, he keeps like, I feel like he's he's writing he's something. He's doing something. But I, oh, I can't wait. So yeah, I have to talk about Hamilton, even though we all we do is talk about Hamilton. It's, it's a phenomenon for a reason. It's a phenomenon for a reason. So Hamilton ends just after Alexander's death at the hands of Aaron Burr. The finale is called Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. So all the characters from the whole musical basically have a little bit at the beginning where they talk about his legacy and after his death, what happened to them and how he continued to influence them even in death. And the main portion of the song is about Eliza, who has had before his death reconciled with Alexander after the Reynolds pamphlet disaster. She lived for another 50 years and she did everything that she could to continue to advance the things that he cared about and she I mean the song sort of tells you everything that she did she sort of sings about she set up an orphanage for um children obviously <laughs> for grown adult for orphans grown adults who just needed support she um fought against slavery she helped raise funds for the Washington Monument and so the song sort of becomes about her and her legacy and the, what she achieved for him and it's very very sad and very very beautiful and I think the ending is so it's such a for, for quite a loud show, well it's quite a loud brash show it's such a quiet sort of peaceful ending and the show ends is this a spoiler maybe I mean it depends how you interpret her. it with her like meeting Alexander again in death and he sort of like breaks the fourth wall a little bit and like shows her the audience and it's that that's the very last moment of the show is her face when she realizes that like it's however many years later and his story is finally being told the way she wanted it to be and it's very very sad and very good and i'm getting like shivers you're talking about i'm like it is it's such an amazing moment she just takes a step forward and on her own and like yeah and she like like, tiny gasp yeah and she like realizes that you know what all everything that she did meant something and it's interesting it's like sort of quite like meta because the act of Lin-Manuel Miranda writing this musical sort of did that for her like he did that yeah he's one of the most famous founding fathers now. yes yeah he is and that's he did it he did it and like so much of that is because of Lin-Manuel which is interesting think about so yeah it's a very sort of like gentle soft song um the harmonies are beautiful and it's all like it's not i wouldn't say it's like traditionally musically but it's just very it's it's sort of a departure from the style of a lot of the show it's similar to burn in a lot of ways i think it's sort of like an eliza song is how i think of it yeah um which is like soft and gentle and piano-y and yes it's just very good it's very very nice it's a very beautiful song myself back in the narrative 
end of the spectrum so from <laughs> yeah. very quiet to very loud mm-hmm. um the next show i'm going to talk about is hairspray and the finale is probably the most famous song from the show you can't stop the beat mm-hmm. and it's just a very famous song in general i feel like it's beyond the genre beyond the genre yeah i think so it's obviously super upbeat and super lively mm. and super fun um i think it brings together all the characters mm. really really well and I feel like we've had like deep things to say about the song so far, but this one is just fun. It's just fun. Um, I really like thinking that I know how to do the dance routine and trying to do it along with it. I feel like that's a theme. You really like to dance along to shows, do. so you ever like, like this is one I dance to. Yeah. Um, I, t- I pretend I'm like in the like... show, obviously, and just dance along like I'm fucking Amber Von Tussle. Mm-hmm. You could be. You could, could be, be. because could. the message of hairspray is that anyone could be. Yeah, that's true. That is um, true. Obviously, there is an underlying, you know, message to hairspray that is. It's not just that shallow story. It's also about integration stuff, and this is the song it's when civil rights. Man. When yeah, civil rights. It's they, they fight. Um, I think this is this is the song where integration happens, and that's always good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone listening to this will have seen the Hairspray film. Um, if you haven't, go watch it right now. It's such a good it's a gem of a the, movie. It is a gem of a movie. I will say, I think the stage show is better because it has more time to develop the um, Link and Tracy romance. <laughs> Because in the film, you're just like, oh, okay, they're very in love now. There they are. He's given up everything for her and go for it. Yep. Link. Zephyr. Oh, I was obsessed with Zac Efron in this film when I was younger. I mean, why would you be? The dark hair, the eyes are so blue. This and 17 again are him in his finest. Yes, I agree. Oh, what a a great... What a man. What a great... He's given given so much to the world. (laughs) But the cast is generally great. Like, John Travolta... Queen Latifah. Um, Queen Latifah, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Amanda Bynes, pre-breakdown. Amanda Bynes, a very she's so great in Amanda it. Bynes. Elijah Kelly, who is He's phenomenal. so good. So good in it. Um, and James Marsden, who oh has two my of my favourite songs in the whole. I love James Marsden. Such a good, he's got such a beautiful voice. It's such a good film. And mm. it's just a really fun song. I don't have anything deep to say about it this. It is just fun. It's, it's very just uplifting. Really fun. It's very, it's very catchy. Yeah. And... Just captures the mood of the of the show. Yes. My last one, and I went back and forth on which one to talk about, but I think I'm going to stick with what I know in my heart to be true, which is Finale B from Rent. We I briefly touched on this when we did our Rent episode a few weeks ago, but, I mean, at the time, I feel like we sort of just talked about how stupid Mark is to be showing his little film at this point in proceedings, as Mimi's literally about to die. It's a song that takes a couple of my favourite melodies from the show and smushes them together so the men sing one part and the women sing another part. It's very beautiful. It's... I think it's... It's motivational, the word I'd use. I feel like it's got a good message of sort of, you know, today is the most important day. Like, live 
for now. You know, that's what I take out of it. And it reminds me to just be present in my own life. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I only ever listen to the movie recording as discussed previously. I never ever, I've never listened to the full Broadway cast recording. But, you know, that's the my life choice. The Broadway recording of Finale Beer is very good. Thanks. Yes, I just think that it's a wholesome and uplifting way to end what is quite a sad and... and well, this is a very sad show. This this is the kind of thing that you need at the end of this show to like bring everything together and uplift you at least a little bit. Yeah. But otherwise, it just ends on a really really bleak note. So yeah, it's just a very a very pretty song. If you like the sort of the melodies, then you can. There are other songs from Rent that you will definitely enjoy. final finale is spring awakening and it's the song of purple summer and this one i guess in a similar way to hamilton is very different to a lot of the music that's come before it in the show it's a very quiet Mm. song like very quiet and i think it's kind of a weird one because it's in a lot of ways the show well the show definitely ends its story in the song before which is those you've known um which again a lot of death mm, like yeah. it ends with um one of the main characters in a graveyard and two people very close to him are dead and they're singing a nice song all three of them it's a beautiful song those you've known is stunning it's one of my favorite songs from being awakening song of purple summer is sort of an epilogue mm. to the show so for those of you who don't know spring awakening is a show about German teenagers in the 19th century so niche. 18th 19th century yeah. a long time ago and I mean it's based on an old German play and it's basically about growing up and the kind of repression of society and religion mm-hmm. and how harmful that is to young people and their development and their understanding of themselves it's a bit of a bleak show basically no one just just no one has a happy ending no. um, at all but this song is about kind of looking forward and looking to the future as well. It's very poetic in a way that the rest of Spring Awakening isn't really. Lyrically, I mean, a lot of the, the melody does have some themes in earlier songs in Spring Awakening, but lyrically, um, Spring Awakening is very kind of blunt and to the point a lot of the time during the show. And then this one is a lot more poetic, talking about beautiful imagery. And it's basically just saying yeah the world is shit but there's a better future that we can all work towards and there's symbolically that the repression of the the spring that these kids are awakening from Mm. um can lead to to a better tomorrow and a better summer but it's a very lyrical poetic sort of song which will not be i will say in the spotify playlist we'll make of these because spring awakening isn't on spotify for some reason like i would love to listen to it on spotify thank you very much really pissed me off it really Um, upsets me too and it's a shame because we can't put this in but i would recommend you give it a listen i'd recommend giving the whole show a listen i really think we definitely should i have so much to say about spring awakening for a long time i really dismissed this song 
and the, the mm. way this show ends and i kind of hadn't i just it, it seemed like a really weird add-on just so they can get everyone back on stage for a yeah. little cast sing song but um <laughs> like if you really listen to the lyrics there's so much more going on and i just think it's really really beautiful in a very kind of quiet understated way So those were our favourite finales. There will be a Spotify playlist with many more honourable mentions. Some that we were going to talk about but just didn't. Our Book of Mormon, which is a great, great finale. It's so much fun. Kinky Boots, which we don't mention so much on this podcast, but the finale is probably my favourite song from the show. It's very uplifting. Yeah. Good good job, good job by Cindy Lauper. Yes. Um, and Company, obviously, Being Alive is an absolute classic. So that is just a brilliant song. So yeah, look out for the Spotify playlist. And... Yeah, that completes our our little series on favourite songs, favourite big songs from musicals. Favourite second songs (laughs) from shows, favourite penultimate numbers. (laughs) We might have to just work our way through the show. Favourite act two opening Favourite act two openers we could definitely do. I like Thank Goodness from Wicked. There's one for you. Bull Bulletin. I don't think he's done anything. No, he's not. He's just in I just think it's really important that we don't forget him. Also, because yesterday, as you're listening to this, is your revision. I think it's really important to remember that Michael Ball did Eurovision and almost won. Yeah, and that is um, we, we should we all take a moment forget. to go and watch that video, which we will tweet. Yes. So it will be on our Twitter now as you're listening to this. Yes. And go and go and enjoy that because enjoy I watched Ball. it today and let me tell you, it was thoroughly enjoyable. He is having a great time. His dimples are going to town. he's having a great Some time. Some of it a dance. It's very late 80s, early 90s. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, he's robbed. Um, I would just like to flag that the Hamel drop for April, which was called First Burn, and it was the original version of Burn from Hamilton featuring all five of the current Elizas from across the globe doing different parts of it, and it's fantastic. It's my favourite Hamel drop so far. I keep listening to it. It's very, very... There's a great bit. <laughs> like, every time you're going to say, it's my favourite Hamel drop so No, because it, it genuinely is, like... Uh, the first two were okay, they were fine. The third one with Ben Platt was incredible. This one is definitely my favourite so far. <laughs> Maybe it'll just keep going up and up and up. It's the type of thing he would do. There's a great bit, a really, really angry sort of section where she's talking about um, she doesn't in the show actually directly at any point allude to the fact that she knows about his sort of weird flirtation with Angelica, who is her sister. And in the original version, she did, which I think is a really interesting choice that he decided yeah. to cut that out so that she never expresses think, that she knows. I think it's great in the song, but I think... I'm quite glad that it was cut because I think yeah. otherwise it would have become a bit too dominant. So it is very much there and also in the just, show. And there is, like, she kind of hints at it, but I, I think, think it, it, it would be too... become too dominant and make it seem as if their relationship meant nothing. And it would make it, the, I think it would make it too dark. Yeah, if at the moment where she thinks her relationship with Hamilton, like, where it is, it's falling apart, like, the lowest yeah. point of their relationship, for it to be brought back to her sister and to the other women that Hamilton... Yeah. I think it's got to be a moment about her. Yes. And even though, like, that seems counterintuitive with yeah. a bit when the song is about him cheating on her basically yeah. but that it should be her pain and not like what she's thinking of other yes. women and like yeah yeah so but i like, do think it's a really great bit it's in the just song, a really great yeah. song and i'm glad that we got to hear it yeah 
What else have I been doing recently? I have been watching season two of Legion and season two of Westworld, both of which I'm enjoying immensely. Although I think on a very superficial level, like I don't really understand what's going on in either of them until I watch a hefty YouTube recap after. <laughs> so I'm just like, it looks so pretty. Like, isn't this so much fun? But I don't really know what's going on until explained to me in detail. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying both of them. For me, the second season of um, Dear White People was released at the weekend. So naturally, I binged the whole second season within 24 hours. And I've now started re-watching the first season because it is such a great show. I really think that it's one of the best shows on TV slash Netflix, because it's on Netflix. At the moment, it is just so... It's so beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is incredible. The kind of way they tell the stories, how it all unfolds. It's so good. So if you haven't watched Dear White People do it it's about all sorts of race issues in an ivy league college Mm -hmm. in the states i will watch that i would also just like to say that i found out today that the adaptation film adaptation of my favorite book i think my favorite book of all time i think it might be which is how to build a girl by catelyn moran it's interesting how many things you love that i passionately hate (laughs) i hate catelyn moran (laughs) she's an acquired taste but they're making a film of it and beanie feldstein from ladybird is gonna play the lead and i can't beanie feldstein is great she was also in hello dolly on broadway Bring it, bring it back. Always bring, bring it, back. it back. So I'm very, very excited about that. I think it's going to come out next year. I think that's it for this week. That's all we got. Thank you very much for listening, as always. And we'll see you next week. Yes, see you then. Bye. Bye.